town. the privilege, those that were here this morning had the privilege of Mother Wright preaching, and I'm going to endeavor to preach the bookend of what she preached this morning. I, because, because, I don't know why because, but I do feel a need to say this. You know, if you've never ministered behind a desk, the desk before, or ministered, and especially around other anointed people, sometimes you can get intimidated. And I know you probably would think, well, Brother Barr, surely not you. That's not, I wish that wasn't true. And, uh, so sometimes when when you're you're going to preach something and someone you know kind of there's there's confirmation and then there's things where you're like man I don't know if I should preach that now right after they preach that because it's kind of similar but uh, I'm just going to preach what I felt like the Lord gave me earlier in the week is that okay and uh, we're just going to trust God I'm actually going to preach what the what the songs people were singing, the worship team, I'm going to preach what they were trying to preach for me. Amen. Luke chapter 18. Amen. If you've got your Bible or you've got an electronic device or you want to look on the screen, amen. Turn with me to Luke chapter 18. I'm going to read a lot of verses, not necessarily all at one time, but I'm probably going to read a number of verses throughout the evening. <clears throat> His words a whole lot better than my word. Luke 18, we're going to begin reading in verse 1. Luke 18 and 1, and he spake a parable unto them to this end. That men ought always to pray not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in the city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard men, this woman is driving me crazy. <clears throat> That's basically what he said. Yet because this woman troubleth me, I will avenge her. At least by her continual coming, she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect? which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them. Verse 8, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. I want to read one more verse, Luke chapter 22, a few chapters down. Luke 22, 
And at first, these verses will seemingly not go together. I'll admit that. Luke 22 and 32, Jesus talking to Peter, he says, But I have prayed for thee that thou faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. Lord, we love you and we thank you so much for your presence in this place this evening. And thank you, Lord, for your anointing that is already here. And I ask you, Lord, that you would allow that anointing to continue to linger. Lord, and I ask you to anoint me that I could speak your voice, anoint your people, that they could receive your voice. We do it all for your glory. We ask you just to direct us. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to preach from these two passages of scriptures as a starting point, and I want to preach on this topic, unfailing faith. Unfailing faith. I hope you don't think any less of me for the statement that I'm about to make. But there are some verses in the passage, there are some verses in Scripture that I don't always necessarily comprehend. <clears throat> and matter of fact, there are some verses in the Word of God, some, some passages of Scripture that I just totally don't understand, and I and I'm I I'm I just God, why, why did you say that that way? I, I don't, there's some that trouble me. Pray for me. I need help. This parable is one of those passages of scriptures that troubled me for a long time. It perplexed me. I mean, we... The Word of God says God is love. The Word of God talks about us being able to come to the Lord and He hears our needs and He meets our needs. And But this passage of Scripture at first blush almost makes me feel like Jesus is saying, I want you to just keep praying and just, it, it, it's almost, if you, if you don't dig into it a little bit, it's like Jesus is saying that we have to weary him. And, and that's, I don't think that's what he really is trying to tell me. And so that's why this passage for so, a very long time, I just, I'm like, I don't understand what you're trying to tell me. And to be honest with you, for a while I just kind of said, I, I can't figure that out. I'm going to go study something I can figure out. Uh, I'm sorry about that. <clears throat> but verse 1 of this, this parable makes it very clear that this parable first is about praying without quitting. It says Jesus is telling a parable, and the purpose of this parable is for us to understand that men ought always to pray and not, not faint. 
That's, that's why I'm going to tell you this parable. Well, that sounds like a good thing. This parable that's coming is going to be a good parable. I get all excited when I read verse 1. Then I get to verse 2. And I start becoming a little less excited. Because he begins to talk about this unjust judge. And this woman came and, and she prayed and she wearied this unjust judge. And finally the unjust judge said, woman, you are driving me crazy. Now, I believe there are probably times when God has said to Jim, Jim, you are driving me crazy. Enough with that already. But he's never going to get to the place where he's going to say, you're driving me crazy. Okay, I'm going to give in to you. I don't see that in the scripture. He's a good father. That ain't happening. So I'm confused, God. <laughs> so that's, that's my place with this, this verse. Okay. So as, as I'm reading it, and I'm studying, and I'm looking at it, I really believe the key to this parable, really, I've come to this conclusion, and I could be wrong, because... There's no commentary. There's no J.B. Barr commentary. If there was one, I wouldn't use it if I were you. Because it could have some crazy stuff in there. But I've come, for me, I've come to this conclusion that I believe that the, one of the key points of this parable really is the end of the parable and where I really want to focus this, this evening is it really, I believe, that the key to this parable is the question that Jesus asks at the end of the parable. He says that he's going to avenge us. He says he's going to answer us. You can read into there however you want to about... Uh, the uh, timing of all of that. But I think the key is this last question. And Jesus says this. Jesus ends this parable by saying, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. When Jesus is showing up in your life, when Jesus is showing up in my world, my, my situation, when Jesus is, regardless of the unjust judge, regardless of me coming and, and, it's, and I need to pray, I need to bring something to him, regardless of any of that, okay, the question really comes down to the end of it. When Jesus shows up in my world, when Jesus shows up in your world, will he find faith? That's really what it's coming down to. That's really what the parable is really about. Pray without ceasing. Well, why am I going? Why would I pray without ceasing? Well, this woman prayed to the unjust judge without ceasing because she was going to drive him crazy. 
But I would pray to a just judge. I would pray to a good father. I would pray to a heavenly father that knows what's good for me. I may come to him again and again and again because I have faith. Because there's something inside of me that says he knows where I am. He knows what I need. He knows the circumstances, and he knows when the time is right. And I am not going to quit because the time isn't right. Just because today is not the right day doesn't mean my faith is going to, I don't, I'm going to keep praying. Why? Because when the Son of Man comes in that circumstance, in that situation, when he shows up, Am I going to have faith that day? Or he shows up and today's the day, but today I'm done. I'm done, Lord. I've prayed 438 times. I'm not praying again. No is obviously what the answer to my request is. I'm done. And it was the day that it was right. But he showed up, but there was no faith that day. And he can't avenge me quickly. Because my faith wasn't there. He did not find faith. Amen. So if you go and you look at the, the, the Gospels, uh, there, there, there are some things that we can learn about Jesus in the Gospels. And there's a very telling verse in two of the four Gospels. In two of the four Gospels, there's this passage of Scripture, and it says that this Roman centurion shows up to where Jesus is. And Jesus, he shows up and he says to Jesus, he says, my servant is homesick. And I would like for you to heal him. And Jesus basically replies in this way to him. He says, he says, I'll come pray for him. I'll come heal him. And the centurion makes this statement to Jesus. The centurion says, no, there, there is no need for you to come to my house. He says, I'm a man of authority, and when I say to someone, you go, they go. If I say to someone, you do this, then it is done. They go and they do that because I said so. I have authority. I understand authority, and you have authority. So there's no need for you to come to my house and pray for my servant. He didn't even finish the statement. He just said, I say go, they go. You you don't have to come. And Jesus makes this statement. And this statement I find to be very telling of telling to us about Jesus. And he makes this statement. He says in Matthew chapter 8 verse 10, He says, and when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, 
Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. The centurion says, you don't have to come. I say go, they go. You, you, you just have to say go. You just have, and Jesus says, he marveled. The Bible says he marveled. He was astonished. He says, I've not found such great faith. And the, the reason I say that this parable, is, I mean that this passage of scripture is telling because it reveals something to us about the ministry of Jesus. I believe, and I believe you can go through Scripture and you can bear this out if you go through the Gospels. I believe that every day in the life, in the ministry of Jesus Christ, everywhere that he went, everything that he did was based on one thing, and that was a search for faith. I believe he got up in the morning and he put on his sandals and he got his boys together and he said, boys... Today, we're going to go find some faith. Maybe he didn't say it that way, but in his spirit, in his heart, in, his, in what made him who he was, he began the day, and he began to walk up and down the street, and he began to intermit himself amongst the people, and he began to try and find faith. If I can find some faith, if I can find some faith in this city, if I can find some faith in the synagogue, if I can find some faith in the marketplace, if I can go down to the shore and I can find some faith, maybe I'll find some fishers of men. He went out and he began to look for faith. That's why he said, I've not I've not found such great faith. He's obviously looking for it. He's obviously trying to find it. I've not found it. I've been looking. I've been searching. I've been, I've been trying to get a hold of it. And this Roman centurion, he was marveled. If you review the miracles of Christ in the gospel, you will see this theme repeated time and time again. Sometimes it's subtle. Sometimes you got to read between the lines. You know, sometimes you got to read between the lines in the in the Bible. You can't add or take away, but you kind of figure out what's going on in between. I don't got time to get into that, but man, there's some stuff. If you'll if you'll just read between the lines a little bit, the Word of God will make a whole. It'll become amazing to me. To you, it's already amazing to me. So, Jesus looking, actively searching for faith. I'm going to give you a couple examples. One day above the clamor of the crowd, Jesus is walking and, and his ears, his ears hear something. His ears hear this cry, Jesus, thou son of David. Have mercy on me. And other people 
you know, had heard it, and this guy's named Bartimaeus, he's blind, we call him Blind Bartimaeus. I don't know why we call him Blind Bartimaeus, because the brother can see today. <laughs> kind of like calling Thomas, Doubting Thomas. The brother doubted one time, and we nicknamed him for the rest of his life. Blind Bartimaeus is just Bartimaeus. The brother can see. Oh, brother, help me. I almost said something that was not God. Amen. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't God. Amen. I'm trying to get better at that. Uh, so he hears this sound, and, and they told Bartimaeus, be quiet, be quiet. What do you mean, be quiet? Can you see? Uh-huh. I can't. You be quiet. I need to see. And he cried out with a louder voice. In the Bible, I love this passage of Scripture. You've got you to see it. Here's Jesus walking. And the Bible says, Jesus stood still. Now, 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 okay, what does that mean? That means this to me, okay? I'm telling the story. I got the mic, so this is how it happened. So he's walking, and there's this noise. He hears this clamor, and finally he's like, whoa. Something got his attention. So he stops, and he, he looks over, and he calls Bartimaeus over. Well, we, we ain't got time to go into that story, but... Needless to say, Bartimaeus ain't blind no more. There's a woman in Canaan, and uh, she says, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. He goes on and tells his story, and, and, uh, and Jesus hears what she's saying, and and at the end of it, he says this to her, thy faith has made her whole. Tells her she's fine. There's, there, there's, there's other stories. Matthew 15, 26. Matthew chapter 15, verse 26. And this, this, is, this is the woman, that, the Canaan woman, who came to him and said, have mercy on me. My daughter's sick. And Jesus said this to her. He said, but he answered and said, it is not meat to take children's bread and cast it to the dogs. She said, that's true, Lord. Yet the dogs still eat crumbs that fell from the master's table. <laughs> Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. Thy daughter is made whole from this very hour. Here's a woman. She's not a Jew. The word's not for her. The blessing's not for her. She comes running up, God, have mercy. No, I am busy. Calls her a dog, basically. She's like, oh, that's all good. Call me what you want, but my daughter's still sick. And you're still God. You're still the son of David. You're still the Messiah. She's still sick. Call me what you like. I just need her healed. And Jesus like, <laughs> okay. I, I, 
There, that, that's what I've been looking for all day. There it is. Go home. She's good. Why? Because he's looking for faith. There's a woman with the issue of blood. I love that story. I ain't got time to go into it. There's a woman with the issue of blood. She presses through the crowd. There's a whole lot of things. you got to know the whole detail to really understand the story. She touches the hem of his garment. He turns around. He says, first he says, who touched me? What do you mean who touched you? There's people all over around here. Oh, no, you don't understand. I came looking for faith, and it just showed up. I've been around all these people, and there ain't been no faith, but faith is in the house. Who touched me? Oh, it was her. And he said, daughter, oh, that's so amazing. I ain't got time for that. Daughter, thy faith has made thee whole. There's the four friends. Those dudes are crazy. Four friends, their buddies, paralyzed, can't walk, got, got things going on with them. They bring Jesus at, is at Frank's house. Where's Jesus? He's over at Frank's. Let's go to Frank's. They head over to Frank's. That was his name, trust me. They head over to Frank's house. Frank's house is packed. You can't get in the front door. You can't get in the back door. The porch is covered. Man, we, we, we can't get in. Frank has got a full house. Someone, I don't know who, someone said, let's get on the roof. There might be a skylight. They get up on the roof and they rip a hole in, the, in Frank's house. Tear up Frank's house. Watch, watch the video. <laughs> Jesus is sitting there and sealant tiles start hitting him in the head. He looks up. But what, I love this passage of scripture. The Bible says that Jesus looks up. He didn't see four dudes. He didn't see a hole in the ceiling. He saw faith. I've been in Frank's house for six hours trying to teach these people. There ain't no faith in the place. Faith showed up. He said, they lowered him down. He said, thy sins be forgiven you. Oh, the other folks in the house said, whoa. What do you mean only God can forgive sin? He smiled. I told you, watch the video. He smiled because he's like, yeah, you're right. Only God can forgive sin, but we'll move on. He's like, well, what's it? Is it easier for me to say thy sins be forgiven you or take up your bed and walk? But just so that you know, just so that you know that I can forgive sins, take up your bed and go home. Brother got his bed and went home. Why? Because faith, he saw faith. There's a woman. More than likely, you can go read your, your, whatever you want to believe there. talks about her in a couple places. But there's a woman who shows up at Simeon's house. Sim, Simeon is a Pharisee. woman shows up at Simeon's house, and they're having a little party, and Jesus is there. And, and uh, she comes in. <clears throat> She wasn't necessarily a woman with the best of reputations, the Bible tells us. And so she begins to cry and to weep and to wash the feet of Jesus. She breaks an alabaster box and she pours it on his feet. People getting all upset. But what does Jesus say to her? He says to her, thy, thy 
faith has saved thee. Those, those are obvious ones. You can go and time and time again, over and over again, you're going to find that Jesus makes a declaration. Thy faith, thy faith has made thee whole. Thy faith has done this. Uh, I believe it was, oh, I forget how many it was. They came and they asked Jesus and he, and he said to them, uh, you know, uh, there was a, a number of them, I, I, I believe they were blind men as well, and they, they came and he said, be it unto you according to what? According to your faith. And, and, and I'm saying all of this for a reason, okay? I'm trying to help us to understand something. There, there, there's, Jesus has one desire. There's one thing that Jesus needed to be who he wants to be or wanted to be and that he's not changed. Mother Wright talked about it this morning. Mother Wright talked about the past, present, and future. Talked about Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. If he's not changed, what he's looking for is not changed. What he's searching for isn't any different. He was looking for faith and if he could find faith, the Bible lets us know very clearly that Jesus went home one time. When I say went home, he went back to the town that he grew up in. The Bible basically tells us this, that Jesus went back to Nazareth and could do nothing. He could do no mighty works. Why couldn't he do any mighty works? Because he couldn't find any faith. There was no faith there. They didn't believe that he was the Christ. They didn't believe that he could change their life. They didn't believe that he could open blind eyes. They didn't believe that he was the answer to their question. And because they did not believe, be, belief, I'm going to make a statement, and I'll hopefully try to back it up a little bit later, but belief and faith are not the same thing. But you can't have faith if you don't believe. You have to believe to, to have faith. But just believing is not having faith. How do I know that? Because the Bible says that the devil believes that in God. And he trembles. I don't think he's got faith. That dude just got fear. Well, fear is faith. Well, we'll leave that alone for a minute. It's negative faith. That's why God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. Because fear is the devil. Faith is of God. And so he couldn't do nothing in Nazareth because there was no faith there. So time and time again, you go and you look, and, and I challenge you, I, I challenge you to, to dig into some of the Gospels. The, the stories, the miracles of Christ, we can read them as nice little history stories. We can read them as nice little, oh, that's, so, that's a great Sunday school lesson. Or we can read the Word of God and we look at the Gospels and we can try to understand who Jesus was. And if we truly believe that He's the same yesterday and today and forever, who He was, He still is. 
Who he was for Bartimaeus, he can be for me. Who he was for the woman at the issue at the well, he can be for me. Who he was for the woman with the issue of blood, he can be for me. That's why the gospel stories are there. That's why they tell us so that we can get faith. When when you I see God work in your life, I get faith. When you see God doing things in my life, that should give you faith. Because he still is able. So let me get to, to where I want to kind of bring this to make a little more sense or practical for us today, I guess. <clears throat> Jesus is talking to Peter. And he says to Peter, he says, Peter, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. Well, that doesn't sound like a good time. You got any other good news for me today, Lord? Well, as a matter of fact, I do. He said, but I've prayed for you. Whew, thank you, Jesus. He says, but I've prayed for you. I prayed for you that you fail not. Is that what Jesus said? Jesus didn't pray for Peter that Peter wouldn't fail. That's not what he said. He said, Peter, I pray, don't worry about it. Satan wants you. Satan has put a target on your back. Okay, he's coming. He's coming for Pete. But it's all right. I've prayed for you. And, you know, Pete heard, I've prayed for you that you won't fail. You see, Pete heard what he needed to hear. I've prayed for you that you don't fail. Well, that's not what Jesus prayed for. Jesus said, I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. He did not pray that Satan or that Peter could face his adversary and not fail. Well, we've already read it. I'll read it again, verse 32. But I've prayed for you. I've prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when you're converted, strengthen the brethren. Here's the truth of the whole thing. Peter failed. Peter failed. Peter denied Christ. Peter missed the mark. Peter came up short on what he wanted to be, what he wanted to do. And Jesus knew he was going to fail. He even told him, you're going, you're going to deny me. He even told him how he was going to fail. You're going to deny me. I'm not going to deny you. I'm not going to deny you. I'm ready to die right now. And he was. He was ready to die. He meant everything that he said. But the reality of the story is Peter failed. We can talk about other people in the word of God. The reality of the story is David failed. David is a man after God's own heart. What's the difference? And let's, let's just be honest for a minute, okay? Let's, let's just kind of look at it a little bit. We've got David 
and we've got we've got King Saul. King Saul, first king. We got King David, second king. Not quite king yet, but you know, eventually he can be king number two. We got king number one. We got king number two. Did they both sin? Did they both fail? One's called a man after God's own heart. Let's 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 just kind of look at the failures. Sin is sin. Okay, let's just say that, all right? But Saul didn't do what David did. At least the Bible doesn't tell us that Saul did some of the stuff that David did. So what's the difference between the two? Difference really comes down to one thing. Saul's failed. Saul's faith failed. David's did not. There could have been a place for Saul, but his faith, his faith was not what it needed to be. That's, the, that's really the only difference between David and Saul. If you boil it down to the simplicity of it all, it's not that David is such a great, so much a better person. It's his faith. His faith was different. We can, we can look at other men of God that, that we find in the Chronicles of Faith, Hebrews chapter 11. And we can go back in their lives and we can find in their lives, we can find failure. We can find where they failed. We can find where they fell short. We can find where they didn't make it where they should have made it. But we find them in Hebrews chapter 11. The Bible talking to us about their faith. Because they failed, but their faith did not fail. Peter, I've prayed for you that your faith fail not. Peter writes this, and I believe it's very applicable to understand where he was. Peter writes this in his first epistle, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. He says that the trial of your faith being more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That what might be found? That your faith. Peter was able to write this verse. Peter was able to write in his epistle about a trial of faith. Because he had a trial of faith. He had other trials of faith, I'm sure. But the trial of faith, Jesus said, I prayed for you that your faith fail not. Peter failed. Peter, Peter finds himself in a bad place. Peter finds himself in, 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 a, in a situation where he doesn't know where, what's up, what's down. If you see him for a few a few verses there in the epistles, he comes to a place and he says, I'm going fishing. He goes fishing. Whose idea was it for Peter to go fishing? Jesus is our Peter's. 
I don't have the answer to the question. I'm just asking it. But Jesus was on the shoreline cooking breakfast. I'm going fishing. He went fishing. Fished all night. I believe when he's fishing, not catching nothing, he's thinking about his faith. He's thinking about everything that Jesus did, everything that Jesus said, everything he's He's, he's in that place of contemplation. As the dawn begins to break, there's an image on the shoreline. And this voice cries out from the shoreline. This voice cries out and says, Hey, did you catch anything? Do you have any fish? And there's something that began to stir in that faith that had not failed. I've heard, I've, I've, I've heard that question before. I've heard that voice before. And that voice said, they said, no, we've toiled all night. He said, cast your nets on the other side. The antennas were beginning to ding, 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 ding. This is really sounding familiar. They start hauling in the nets. The nets are full. Peter's like, y'all catch fish. I'm going swimming. Why? Because he failed. His faith didn't fail. I, 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 I've messed up, but I need to get to where he's at. Because his faith didn't fail. His faith was tried. The trying of his faith. And God tries our faith. Why does God try his faith? I'm going to make a statement that some of you are going to probably think is ridiculous and maybe it is. But faith is kind of like a muscle. And you can take, has anyone ever broken their arm or broken a leg or anything like that? I broke this hand. They put that broken limb, especially if you break it really bad, a little break, uh, no big deal. But if, I mean, you break it, so it's got to be immobilized for a long time. Take that cast off, and that arm is all puny looking and shriveled, and the muscle is shrunk, and because that muscle has, has not been used. Faith is like a muscle. And for, for, for faith, the, the Bible says we, we just need, we used to sing a song, faith, 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 just a little bit of faith. Okay, you don't need a whole lot. I'm not sure I like that song or not, but, but that's the song we used to sing. Okay, but here's the truth about faith. Okay, we've all been given a measure of faith, the Bible says. But God does not expect our measure of faith be, to be just stay that kind of faith. The reason the trying of our faith is you know, why, why does Jesus, why does God test me? Well, well, God tests you so that he can know your heart. He most certainly does not.
He was talking about King David. He told them guys, he said, don't look on the outside. Look at the heart. That's what I look at. David does not, God does not test me because he wants to know my heart. God tests Jim because Jim needs to know Jim's heart. God already knows Jim's heart's got issues. Jim, you got something that's broke, and I need to help you fix it. So I'm going to try your faith. Because if I don't try your faith, then that thing that's broke can't get fixed. Peter, there's some stuff I need to do in your life. And for me to do it, I need Satan to sift you. But don't worry about it. I prayed for you that your faith don't fail. You're going to fail, but your faith won't. It's all good. You're going to make it. You're going to get through it. Why? Because I got some big plans for you, man. And you can't get there from here. Well, you can, but you got to go a certain way. And so, <coughs> our faith being tried helps us to become what we need to be. So let's go back to the question that Jesus asked. Let's go back. Let's, let's bring this to today. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith? How do we answer this question? I stand behind the desk tonight and I'm asking us as a congregation, but sometimes we, we have to ask ourselves. We know. I know where I am. You know where you are. I can have some inclination of where you might be, but I don't know where you are unless we have a conversation. And, and you say, Brother Barr, I, I need help. I'm at this place. Can you pray with me? Can you pray for me? But wherever that place is, I, I've, I've got, we've got to come to a place and we've, we've got to ask ourselves this question. When the Son of Man comes into this situation in my life, will he find faith? How do I answer the question? I can just say yes. I mean, come on. If I came up, if I came up to you right now and said, do you have faith? You would say to me, Yes, you would say yes. Even if you didn't have faith, you'd say yes because you're too embarrassed to say no. I think I have faith. I believe. I want to have faith. Yes, I, I, I have faith. But how do you really answer the question? The question that is asked is not a verbal, there's not a verbal response. You can't answer it that way. You can't answer the question with your voice. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? It's, it's, he asked the question, but it's not a verbal response. What you're really saying, if I ask you, do you have faith? You're, when you say yes, you're saying, I believe. And believing and faith ain't the same thing. Go back and look at those passages of scriptures where Jesus said, 
Thy faith has made thee whole. He looked up, the four guys ripped a hole in the ceiling. Where was faith? What was faith? He, the Bible says he saw faith. What was faith? Someone tell me. The hole in the ceiling. How did they answer the question, do you have faith? Oh, I have some faith. I know this. If I get this dude in front of that dude, this dude's walking home. That's what I believe. Okay, so I, I believe that if I can get this dude in front of that dude, God robed in flesh, this dude's walking home. You are nuts. Okay? Be right back. Up on the roof, rip a hole in the ceiling. Where was the faith? The faith was ripping the hole in the ceiling. Do you have faith? Yeah, I got faith. Show me. Don't tell me. Show me. You can't tell me you have faith. I can't tell you I have faith. I can, but it's not, it, it doesn't, it, it's not what Jesus is looking for. I'm trying to help us, okay, because I'm just going to be real honest with you, okay. There's a problem with the world we live in today. The problem we live in the world today, it's easy to say you have faith, and it's easy to live with no faith. Before 2020, Brother Middleton, if I didn't feel good, I was feeling a little under the weather, I came to church sick. I came to church not feeling good because I needed to be in the presence of God. I needed to hear the word of God. I needed that. Well, 2020 showed up. 2020 comes rolling down the pike. And now we got this thing called virtual church. And now I don't I don't feel a little good. I can just stay home and get some church. Brother ain't got to go to church. I can get what I need sitting on the couch. Drinking a Pepsi Cola. No, you cannot. If any of us were honest with ourselves and have had to, to, to be at church in front of the TV or be in church here, there's a difference. God's not different. God is just as alive there as he is here. The difference is me. And it's easier to sit in my house with no faith. I can say I believe, but, but, but there's no one there to ask me the question, do you have faith? When Jesus shows up here in your kitchen, is he going to find faith? When I'm here, it's easier to, to answer the question. What I'm saying is, I'm not trying to be negative. What I'm saying is, our world today has made it easier to not have faith. 
We still believe, but do we have faith? 1 Thessalonians, Paul writing to the church of Thessalonians says this, 1 Thessalonians 1 and 3. You're not going to turn in pumpkins yet. No, it doesn't say that. My phone told me that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Remember, without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God, our Father. So Paul starts out his letter to the church at Thessalonians. And he says, I remember. I'm remembering. He says, I'm sitting here, I'm writing you a letter. I'm writing you this letter, and as I write you this letter, I'm remembering something. He says, I'm remembering. I've read this. I mean, come on, this is the opening line to the letter. Who pays attention to the opening line of the letter? I didn't. I've missed it for many years. It's a powerful opening line to a letter. He says, I'm remembering. What is he remembering? He says, I'm remembering your hope. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm remembering your faith. I'm remembering your love. I'm remembering your hope. That's what he's saying. But he makes it clear for us how he understood there was faith. How he understood there was love. How he understood there was hope. He could have just said, I'm remembering your faith. He could have just said, I'm remembering that you have love. He could have just said, I'm remembering that you have hope. But he gives us a descriptive word. And what that word does It helps us to understand how Paul knew that what they had, they had. He says, I I remember your work of faith. I knew you had faith because I saw the work of your faith. Because for there to be faith, there has to be an action. There has to be a work of faith. I knew you had love because it's not just something that you said. It's not just something that you broadcasted. You did not just say, I love you. You did not just proclaim your love. But I remember your labor of love. You did something that revealed there was love. You did something that revealed that there was faith. How do you answer the question? Paul said, you answered the question. I remember you answering the question. James, God was a good writer, by the way, James was. Right over everybody's head. James chapter 2, verse 18 Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you, and I will show thee my faith 
by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, and thou doest well. The devil also believes, and he trembles. But wilt, you, but wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Here's the reality of it. Regardless of where we find... Remember what I said way back at the beginning when I first came up here and right after the worship team was, was, was singing? I was trying to tell you that. I was trying to tell you this then. Because if we really believed, if we really had faith in what we were singing, if we really, the words that we were, the declarations that we were making, the, the things that we were saying, if, if we believe if we, if we believe them, we, we're singing them. But if we had faith in them, if there was faith behind the words that we said, then, there's a, then there is a reaction. There is an action because faith without works is not faith. It's belief or it's dead. It's alone. James said, show me your faith. Don't tell me you have faith. And so how do we answer the question? We answer the question because regardless of where we are today, whatever situation we find ourselves in, the question hasn't changed. When Jesus shows up in the situation that you're in right now today, is he going to find faith? And sometimes faith is no more than this. I get up and I keep doing the things that God told me to do. I get up. It's my time that I normally go and I spend some time in prayer. Last three days I went there and I showed up and I'm pretty sure God stayed home. Or he was over it. Brother Milton's house, because he went to Jim's house. But faith says, you know what? I'm going to get up. I'm going to pray again today. I'm going to get up. I'm going to pray tomorrow. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to do like the just the, the 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 parable said. I'm just. I'm going to keep going back. God, you know this thing. I'm. I'm bringing it to you. When, when should you stop praying for something? There's a question for you. When should you stop praying for something? I got, there's, there's this guy in the Bible. He's a pretty important guy. And uh, his name is, is Paul. Paul. Paul was going through something in his life. Now, me personally, I believe, again, this is my belief, okay, not Antioch Central's belief. This is Jim's belief. I believe whatever this thing that Paul, that I'm about to talk about, I think Paul talked about it in another place. I think Paul, because Paul in one place, he says, he says, I find this law in me. There's this law, there's this thing that, that's a reality of Paul, okay? The reality of Paul is this. When Paul would do good, evil is ever present with Paul. And Paul finds Paul doing things Paul don't want to do. And there's things that Paul would like to do, but Paul don't do those things. I, I struggle with this. I, that's what he's saying. He said, I found this truth. 
I believe that that verse, I believe that verse ties very closely to another verse where Paul says, I prayed to the Lord about this thing in my life. There was this thorn in my flesh. And I believe that thing that Paul kept having problems with was the thorn in his flesh. That's my belief. I can't necessarily prove that scripturally. It's just my belief. And there was this thing that, that he was struggling with, kept struggling with, and he kept he, he went to God, I look, look, God, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be like this. I know you're God, and I know you're able. I know you can. I know what you are. I, I need you to take this out of my life. Okay, and he went on. Same, same struggle. Comes back, he prays again. Lord, I need you to take this thing out. He kept praying until God said this. No. Paul, no. My answer is no. My grace is sufficient for you. This thing will be in your life for the rest of your life. Did Paul have faith? Yes, because then Paul said, okay, I glory in my infirmities. Because the Lord answered. So we know he had faith because he prayed until God said, here's the answer to your question. He never prayed again. He never went back to God. Whatever that thing was, we, we have to believe because of what he said, that he never went back and said, God, take this out of my life. He, he, he came to the place, his prayer was this every day now. God, this thing's still in my life. You said your grace is sufficient. I'm needing some grace today, God. That was faith. Faith was changing his prayer. Faith was now not, Lord, take this thing out of my life. Faith was, Lord, you said my grace is sufficient. So, Lord, today I need grace because I'm dealing with this thing. This thing that you know about, this thing in my life, this thing that you said my grace is sufficient, I accepted your grace is sufficient, but it's your grace, not my grace. I need some grace today. So faith was he changed the way he prayed. I don't believe he just accepted, okay, I'm stuck here. He changed. He, he walked in that faith. So Brother uh, Mark, if you'll come to the keyboard for me, please. Where are we? I believe every one of us. I come to this place. There are days, there are things, there are situations. I come in, come in my walk with God, and, and I struggle, and I'm going through something, and, and I don't know what to do, and I, I, and I don't know how to, to get through something, and I pray. And, and sometimes I have to ask myself a question. I have to ask myself, in this situation, is God going to find faith in me? And the, re, the, the way I ask myself the question, I basically ask myself, I say, what can I do? What, what action, what, 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 what is the thing in my life that I need to, perf- 
I don't want to use that word perform because I don't like the way it sounds. What is the thing, the action in my life that I need to do to demonstrate to myself that I have faith? Because here's the reality of a lot of this. If we can come to a place where we ask ourselves, am I doing, I I say I believe, but what have I changed to demonstrate that faith to myself? Not 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 even necessarily to God, to myself. What have I changed? What what have I added? What have I taken away? What have I what 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 have I done differently? You see, because faith is an action. I love Hebrews chapter eleven. Dig into that, the beginning of that. I, I love that description there. You can stand with me, please. I can't answer the question for you, but I love that, that, that verse. It says, Now faith, most of us can quote it, right? Now faith is what? Is the substance of what? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Let me ask you a question. Can you touch? Can you touch something you hope for? Can you touch something you hope for? It's not a trick question. Okay. Can you touch substance? Right? Substance is substance is tangible, right? So substance, faith is the substance. Faith is the tangible of what I'm hoping for. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Is there any evidence to something you can't see? If you can't see it, what's the evidence that it's there? Okay, that we could go down a path on that one altogether, but can't see gravity, but there's evidence that gravity exists, right? But but, but in reality, if something, if you can't see something, right? There, there, there's, you, you can't see it. But faith is the evidence and I thought I was losing that. What I can't see, there is an evidence to what I can't see. So what, what, what that says to me is that there needs to be something seen that proves what's not seen. Or in other words, because there's this thing that, there's this thing that, that I can't see but I believe it, then there's going to be some evidence, there's going to be something visible of what I can't see. Does that make sense? Substance, evidence. 
Faith is the substance and the evidence of the things that I can't see, of the things that I hope for. So how do you answer the question? The question hasn't changed. Jesus is asking you this question. Jesus is asking me this question. He's sitting in the room and he's telling us a parable. And at the end of the parable, he comes to this and he, and he says to you and he says to me, where you are, when I show up in your world today, will I find faith? How do you answer the question? Bartimaeus, when I show up in, when I show up in your world, am I going to find faith? Thou son of David, have mercy on me. throws away his beggar clothes before he ever goes to see Jesus. That's what it says. He put down his beggar garments when Jesus said, come. Why did he put them down? I don't need those no more. That was faith. The act of faith was putting down the garment. Why else would the word of God put it there? Who cares if he put his coat down? How do you answer the question? I can't answer it for you. You can't answer it for me. People joke about me a little bit. I, I, I know I'm a very quiet, subdued individual. That's my nature. My nature is very calm. Lord, you know I'm being facetious, right? Thank you. My nature is very low-key. That's not true. I am loud all the time. And so some people think because I am really, because I'm loud all the time, that's why I worship the way I worship. It's really not. I worship the way I worship because I've learned something. <laughs> I've learned that there's faith in worship. I've learned that when there's a song being sung and I really believe that song and I will prevail my and I will show him that I believe it, it comes true in my life. I believe the song when it says, this is how I fight my battles. I believe that. I'm just dumb enough to believe that. And so I do it. I answer the question, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best that he finds faith in my life. I can answer the question for you. You can answer the question. And every one of us, maybe not every one of us tonight, but every one of us at one time or another, and I think a good majority of us, Mother Wright talked about it a little bit this morning. She was talking about faith this morning. And God being where we needed Him to be. some in this room today that 
there's some things going on in your life and and you if you were honest you would be like that guy who said Lord my son's sick I think it was his son and he said well I do you believe I can heal him well Lord I want to believe I believe but help my unbelief I believe but up this altar this evening. And I'm asking you to ask yourself the question. You know where you are. You know where your world, what's going on in your world right now. I'm going to ask you to ask this question. When the Son of Man comes tomorrow in my life, is he going to find faith? That thing that I've been asking him about when he shows up about it, is he going to find faith? Has he seen faith? Have I been showing him faith? If, if the answer is yes, then don't don't get beat up about it. But it, but 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 maybe it's no. Maybe it's I'm not sure. Maybe we could say, God, help me to show myself that I still have faith. You answer the question for you. Son of Man comes. Help my unbelief, God. Help me to not just have words, but help me to live a life of faith, to walk a life of faith. That faith would be a living, breathing, said, I have reached for you. I have saved you. I have delivered you. And I'm going to walk according to his voice. I'm going to speak according to his voice. I'm going to act according to his voice. I'm going to run according to his voice. 
not according to the lies of the enemy, not according to the voice of the accuser. When the Son of Man comes, when He comes, is He going to find faith in my life? When He shows up, that, that petition that I've been bringing, if tomorrow's the day, will He find faith tomorrow? Come on, you know where you are. You know, you know the things that that, that I'm talking about, not that I'm talking about, but that God's talking to you about. Brother Barr, I, I want to have faith. I want to believe. I just don't know what to do. Just do what he said do. Walk the way he said walk. Lord, I, 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 I'm like Paul. I've got, I find this law in me. I want to do this, but I do that. Okay? He didn't say you wouldn't fail. He said your faith doesn't have to fail. Get back up, Peter. Walk on, Peter. Get up, David. You messed up. The prophet Nathaniel showed up. Don't quit. The call is still the call. The thing that God said about you is still true. I still have a purpose for you. I still have a plan for you. What I said I was going to do, I'm still going to do. But I don't see it. I don't feel it's all right. Just keep walking. Just keep doing what I've called you to do. You heard my voice. You felt my tug. Don't walk in the emotion. Walk in the faith. looking for perfection he's just looking for faith he's looking for the same thing that he's always looked for he's just looking for faith
looking for faith. want to walk with faith. I want to talk with faith. Lord, if there's anything in my vocabulary that doesn't say faith, help me to eradicate it. Help me to take it out of my life. Lord, let the words of my mouth the meditation of my heart be pleasing that's what David said that's faith well let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart let them be faith Lord, if I'm meditating on something that is not full of faith, let me get it out of my mind. If the words that I'm uttering are not full of faith, then let me get them out of my heart, God. I want you to find faith. I want you to see faith. challenge my actions the actions how I react to a situation ask me let your presence just ask me 
Is that faith? Is that faith? God bless in Jesus' name.